podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host Daniel Bigelow here with a Super Bowl preview. Daniel, how you doing this fine Friday morning? Hey, happy Friday morning. It almost feels weird to say just because I'm so used to saying Monday, but we're waiting until right before game day. So we can get you as hyped as possible for an incredible game that is about to be. Ain't that right? Absolutely. We are are very excited to have the Niners back in the big game. The team is in Las Vegas getting ready playing of course on a subpar practice field we'll we'll dive into all that before we dive into the Super Bowl preview Daniel there is one piece of San Francisco 49ers news well actually a couple pieces that we we should make sure to discuss but I want to start with one because it's not about this team but I do want to make it want to make a mention of it I want to congratulate legendary line linebacker for the 49ers Patrick Willis on his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame he was officially voted in yesterday ah yeah congratulations Patrick Willis I just love the timing of back the last time or or two Super Bowl runs ago the 49ers had the best linebacker in the NFL and now he's inducted into the Hall of Fame right before the 49ers with the new best linebacker in the NFL Fred Warner go on to fight for another Super Bowl in the quest for six so big big congratulations to Patrick Willis a legendary 49er who we we all loved rooting for and it'll be it's it's exciting for him very very well deserved that spot in the Hall of Fame anything anything else to say on on Willis Daniel or should we should we dive into some news on the current 49ers team yeah, I gotta be honest. I'm a little surprised that it took three years for him to get in there. Yeah, um, that's ridiculous. It's awesome that he did, and who knows? Maybe history will repeat itself when the best linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers is getting a chance to be in the Hall of Fame, or I guess was in the Super Bowl, and then a few years later <clears throat> gets the chance to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe that'll happen with Fred Warner as well. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, oh, he, that is he'll be there. He's just got to lock up his first uh, defensive player of the year someday. Someday. But also coming out of kind of award season with the 49ers is the NFL awards were last night, the NFL honors. Only one 49er brought one home. And Christian McCaffrey brought back the Offensive Player of the Year award. Very, very well deserved. I believe he also finished third place in MVP voting is that right Daniel I believe it was fourth fourth place fourth place and unfortunately Brock Purdy did not bring the MVP trophy home that did go to Lamar Jackson of the Ravens which is is not surprising given that Lamar Jackson uh had finished better down the stretch than Purdy even though Purdy 
had the best statistical season of a quarterback maybe ever and led in every statistical category. But people liked Lamar better, uh, and I think that was pretty much sealed when Lamar and the Ravens beat Purdy and the Niners on Christmas. Coming in at third place was Christian McCaffrey, fourth place Brock Purdy, and I guess all I have to say about the MVP race is we'll run it back next year. Yeah, and I bet that's Brock's mindset too. I bet he's not even focused solely just on the MVP award as much as we would like him to have it. Um, as, as you said, I, I'm, I'm a little like uh, frustrated is not the right word, but you know, I'm bummed for him because he had such an incredible year. And I know that other, other guys such as Lamar did even Dak and Christian McCaffrey did as well. Um, but I wanted it for him. So, I got to let it go as well and move on to next all year. I would, all I would say is we, and I'm sure Brock Purdy along with us, care a little bit more about a trophy called the Lombardi Trophy, and I'm sure Lamar would much rather be fighting for that and not have won this MVP. So we'll uh, we'll see who wins in the end, but I, I would say the accomplishments that count, uh, Purdy got them. Yep, I'd agree. All right. Well, I guess it's time to dive in. Daniel, where do you want to start? We've got the the Super Bowl on Sunday, 49ers against the Chiefs. It's a rematch, but the teams are very, very different. Obviously, a new quarterback on the 49ers side, a much better defense on the Chiefs side, and a guy named Tyreek Hill, who was just a tad involved four years ago, is no longer on the Chiefs at all, so should be a very, very different team. And, of course, the NFL wants the Chiefs to win so that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey can get engaged under the confetti. But that's not a conspiracy theory I buy at all, maybe. (laughs) That, oh, man, so you're, what if they lose? Like, he's not proposing? That's tough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll get proposed. Maybe they'll get engaged while they're, uh, while they're losing. That would be funny. Like the 49ers are just celebrating say is, and then all the cameras just pan to Taylor Swift and ignore like the Super Bowl MVP speech or something. That would be kind of awesome. Well, may- maybe the Chiefs are losing. Uh, excuse me. The Chiefs are losing, and uh, at halftime, Travis goes and proposes and tries to light a spark with the Chiefs. <laughs> but I, would, I, gotta I, don't, go win this. I don't hate Taylor Swift now. I would if that happened. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. So, um, I guess where to start is, well, uh, one comment to make as we were looking at how different the teams are. Two very different running backs than we are used to seeing for both these teams since 2019. And you know what? I have spent time just thinking. Haven't looked up yet. Timmy, who was the running back for the Chiefs in 2019? Ooh, it wasn't Kareem Hunt still, was it? It would have been... Oh, it might... No, I think it might have been. No. It would have just been kind of the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, like, Jarek McKinnon committee, right? Or was Jarek McKinnon on the Niners still? I don't think there yet. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think either were on the Chiefs at that time. Maybe I'm wrong. It feels further away uh, than it really is. But... I could not, excuse me, I could not remember. I could not remember who it was um, 
for the longest time. But regardless, we have a very different running back in Christian McCaffrey than we did there. So that is a huge note. Um, but I think as you just, as you made a comment to me, some of these narratives that we've seen all week leading up, um, we've seen so many different things. And part of the narrative, uh, honestly, like there is a little bit of, um, it just feels so silly, but you made the comment about the NFL wants the chiefs to win. And it's like, man, it sure feels like they do. So there's one side to that. And then, uh, the practice field for the Niners not being great. Definitely just like sets a, Oh, Timmy, I finally found it. It was LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, we were not, I was not going to guess that, but I think what it, what it highlights and I want to get into what you're saying, but that actually to me really highlights a shift in the chiefs from that year compared to the chiefs from now. Right. We had no idea who the running back was. And the reason for that is because they, they didn't really have a running game. Their entire offense was, you know, the Patrick Mahomes doing crazy things, Tyreek Hill running deep. Like it was all these splash plays in the passing game. Now, we know who Isaiah Pacheco is, and the Chiefs have a strong, strong run game that is a core part of their offense now, and Mahomes does not have to do that as much. So it, it is a very different, a very different game. So a very different team. And so I think I think even though we're kind of joking around about how we can't remember the running back, to me it highlights the fact that the, the Chiefs run game was not a significant part of their offense four years ago, and now it, it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, and ours has elevated massively because Tevin Coleman was secondly our starting running back for the Super Bowl in 2019. I think that was a Raheem Mostert year, though, really. It, yeah, but it, it was still the, the time before they actually gave it to Raheem Mostert. So Tevin Coleman is listed as the starter. Remember Emmanuel Sanders on the Niners? Yep, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he was the one that Jimmy Garoppolo missed on a wide-open pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very tough. So um, it is fun looking at the similarities between the, between the teams uh, years later. So... Niners defense does look very, very similar with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead on the line. It had DJ Jones and DeForest Buckner, but now it's got Javon Hargrave and Chase Young. Fred Fred Warner drew a green liner there. Quan Alexander is now Oren Burks. Richard Sherman and Emmanuel Mosley have been replaced by Traverius Ward and Diamondor Lenore and Ambry Thomas. And then you've got Oh, that's so sad. I was gonna say Talanoa Hufunga. I miss you. Miss you, Huf. Next year. Um, Jaya Brown slash Logan Ryan and Tashawn Gibson instead of Jaquaski Tart and Jimmy Ward. Yeah, and I mean okay. even like that's like Brandon Ayuk. What I think you mentioned this, but Brandon Ayuk wasn't on the 49ers. Debo Samuel was a rookie. Nick Bosa was a rookie. Like these teams are just so so different. Obviously, Brock Purdy is now the quarterback, and he's actually good at quarterbacking. So it's just a very very different team. In the best way. So, yeah, I'd agree. Um, getting back to our narratives of this idea. Um, a lot of things leading up this week, like it's not, so the Niners are technically favorite, right? Which is so weird. I think by two and a half points. Yeah. And it, it just, 
the the narratives that we're discussing, the Niners certainly don't feel the favorite. Um, the way that most analysts look at it, most whether it's reports, odds, anything, it's like, no, I think I think the Niners are the team that everybody's dogging, rather than the Chiefs. And the main thing that I've said, and and then Timmy, I want to hear your thoughts on this part is. The Chiefs had a much worse regular season than the Niners did, except for a three-game three losing streak, right? But if there's any team that can have a lackluster season, make the playoffs, and still be dominant in the playoffs and kind of forget about the regular season, that is, that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And so that's probably one of the things that have, has worried me most is the playoff experience that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, that those guys have. They've been here before. They've done this. Maybe they haven't done it as the not the favorite, but it's not far off. And so I'm just – that's what I'm most nervous for is their playoff experience because you look at the Niners – and there's not as much playoff experience, at least in those star guys. Like Brock Purdy has not uh, been in the Super Bowl. He played in some uh, a playoff game or two last year, and a, a couple of this year. Some of the some of the defend defensive guys for the Niners, and then guys like Debo and George have have been here, but almost in a different way. And so th- I think that's the one thing that truly makes me nervous. So, Timmy, what are your thoughts on? the playoff experience for the Chiefs versus the Niners and the narrative or feeling that that brings you. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're very different teams, right? They're very different teams than they were four years ago, right, this narrative. Because I remember being at a Super Bowl party with some friends in college, looking around and realizing, oh, nobody here is rooting for the 49ers. Everyone here wants the Chiefs to win because the Chiefs were new. The Chiefs were insurgent. The 49ers are still one of the most decorated NFL franchises ever, right? Everyone was rooting for the Chiefs. Mahomes was still kind of coming on the scene, and it was just like, this Mahomes guy is the best. Everyone, everyone, everyone was rooting for the Chiefs. Now I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. The Chiefs have been to four out of the last five Super Bowls. Like, they are they are the next dynasty. Their, their dynasty is here. And, and people like dynasties, but... But people are go- the narrative is just so different now. It's like oh the Chiefs are back and the 49ers are like wow this Purdy guy like different team they've they've hung it together even though they missed on a quarterback draft like all just these things and, and so I think it has really really changed just the entire dynamic right and I I I think they're just really really different teams now. Other narrative-wise, it kind of seems like the NFL wants the Chiefs to win. Daniel alluded to this, but you've got this practice field scenario. The Chiefs are practicing on the actual field. The 49ers are over at UNLV where they laid down grass on top of turf two weeks ago. Supposedly the team requested to not practice there. There's seams in the middle of the grass. It's too soft. It doesn't really pass any of the player safety standards. Like It technically passes, but it's way below what teams are practicing on. Apparently the Niners even considered flying back to Santa Clara. They requested to share the Chiefs practice practice facilities the Chiefs said no so just really really messy even like I think it was today or yesterday there was this early morning fire alarm kind of feels like things 
are are shifting around to to push for the Chiefs. Daniel, I actually have a controversial take on this practice field stuff uh, scenario and stuff, but I'm I'm curious how you feel about it. Okay. How do you what what are you thinking? Oh, I was I was waiting for you to say. No, 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 sorry. no. I've got to um, I've got to tease my controversial taste take, Daniel. We've been doing this for it. like three years. We're professionals. Yeah. I tease the take. Professionals, um, you know, this is maybe just more of a hopeful, optimistic perspective, but I'm really hoping, and I I know the Niners to be guys who can take all these things, like a fire alarm, like a not great field. And all these things that kind of feels like the NFL or life is stacked against them right now and, and people want them to lose. And I can see them really using that to fuel their fire. And and I think they're good at either just blocking it out and being like, no, nah, this is just noise and we're not going to listen to it. We're not going to let it affect us. Or be like, okay, yeah, again, let's, let's not buy into it too much, but let's add that to the fire. Let's use that as fuel for, you know, we're going to win. We don't need a practice field. That's amazing. I'm super upset. I don't think I really knew that the Chiefs get the field and the Niners get a, some fake practice field. I'm like, how did that get decided? So that's frustrating. Um, but I I think that the Niners are a team and are people that could very easily use that and use that as a part of their way to fight. Yeah, no, I think that's a huge part of it, right? This can be motivation. Add in, you know, the snub at the MVP. That should be motivation. And I, I think that's exactly what you want, right? You're totally, you're absolutely correct. This is a team that is going to use that to fuel them, to channel them. I think my slightly controversial take is I don't want this to happen. I don't think this will happen. But in the very, very, very unlikely scenario that the 49ers lose, we've got something to blame. The 49ers didn't actually lose the Super Bowl, Daniel. They were robbed of adequate practice facilities by the NFL. This Super Bowl was stolen from them. I'm not saying that we're going to have to say that, but I just, to have that in the arsenal, it's not a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would be saying that, like, well, we lost because this, we lost because we didn't win the 60-minute game. And there's always things that factor more in. There's always more things that factor into a game, and I understand that this is an incredibly important one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I certainly don't like preparing my losing argument, but it's 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 been a tough go this week. Um, it's kind of hit me this morning, like realizing all the things that they've had to endure. Even that fire alarm. Like my thought is. Did some chief staff member pull that alarm? I don't know. Like that's <laughs> that's super conspiracy theory. -y. Now that but... <laughs> I I don't think because I think it was like seven minutes before they like it was just it wasn't like in the middle of the night. Like if you're gonna sab it was a six a.m. fire alarm. Like that's not great. But if you're gonna sabotage the team, yeah. Like George Kittle said, seven minutes before his alarm was gonna go off, the fire alarm went awake. Like that's not great. But it's not like. It's if you're gonna sabotage, you do it at like three a.m. Right? Although Christian McCaffrey says it's not random. He said the fire alarm's not random. 
Christian McCaffrey. I think there's no way it's random. It's part of it. It's just more wood thrown on the fire. So I think you're right, Daniel. Mm. They, whether or not he actually think it's, thinks it's random, he's using this to fuel himself, which I agree with you. It's great. Yeah, it's just great, man. I mean, you saw the video. Well, I guess I don't know if you did, but uh, if you watched any of the media day stuff. Um, I haven't seen Travis much. Kelsey, I've seen a few quotes. Travis Kelsey gets out there in front of people, and there's a lot of Niners fans in that building. And so uh, he quickly gets booed, and he just stops mid-sentence, and he's like, come on, let me hear you, Niners fans. I like the boos more than I like the cheers. <laughs> And, he, and so they're just fueling him, and I'm like, yeah, I think that's a similar thing that the Niners are talking about here. So it's a bummer how many things have factored into this. It is annoying to see how many have got into it. Yeah, no, you I... You know what we didn't have? I think we've... Go. All right, Daniel, I think it's time to shift because we've, we've discussed the important things like conspiracy theories and the NFL sabotaging our team and narratives but it's time to shift to something less important, but that our listeners are going to want us to talk about the actual football game. Let's talk about what you're expecting to see on the field, how these teams match up. We've talked a little bit about how different both teams are from their matchup four years ago, but let's hear what you're, uh, let's hear what you're thinking. Where do you want to start? Let's, let's dive into this 49ers chiefs, super bowl, XLV, something, 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 uh, what are we going to see out on that field? Well, what's cool is what we are going to see is a new left tackle for the Niners as opposed to 2019. Uh, Justin School was the left tackle for the Niners in the Super Bowl in 2019. And uh, it is Trent Williams who is the highest graded left tackle or offensive lineman in pro football focus ever. And so I feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty good about having one of the if not the best offensive linemen out there and certainly out there now but I just mean even in history and in a I believe his 35 year season 35 age season he is still getting accolade after accolade and so when he and Debo Samuel play I like those stats I like what happens when those both those guys play and so they will both be playing and they will both be an incredible part of this offense and so I'm excited to see what what plays that Kyle Shanahan has for the two of them specifically, but then also for the rest of the the squad out there on offense. But that's also what I what I really am, am most like. I really just don't know what Kyle is going to call. Granted, I think that's great that we don't, because hopefully Andy Reid and company don't know either. But I've been trying to decide if if I think that Kyle is going to have a very routine, similar game that he normally does with a few things here or there, or if he's trying to plan a, a very different looking game because the Chiefs and Andy Reid know the Niners, and so is Kyle trying to do something totally different? And then that also worries me of, hey, stick to what we know, stick to what is good, and I hope they have found a few plays that can exploit the Chiefs' defense, but... I expect this to be like we talk about when the Niners play the Rams or the Packers and the in the the coaching battle between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur or who have you. This is definitely one with Andy Reid. And this like <laughs> this had some like Jedi analogy coming to my brain of like, okay, Kyle was, you know, he's the master 
essentially playing a Jedi Knight with Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur, but it's like Andy Reid is one of the, the goats of all goats. It's like Obi-Wan's playing Yoda here or something. Two two greats. Um, one's just done it a little bit longer than the other, and so I think it's quite the coaching matchup, and I'm excited to see how that comes into play. Yeah, I so. I agree, and I think it's interesting, and I want to give credit to, I think it was Danny Heifetz on the Ringer Fantasy Football Show chatted about this a bit this week, but there's a lot of similarities, too, between Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, Andy Reid 20 years ago, when he was with the Eagles, was kind of thought of similarly to how a lot of people look at Shanahan. Like, this offensive genius, always going to keep his teams competitive in the regular season, like, builds these great offenses, can't win the big one, right? Like, that was Andy Reid before he went to the Chiefs and kind of reignited his career. And I don't think that's Kyle Shanahan, but the similarities, at least in terms of external perception, mm-hmm. are valid. So I, I find that interesting, and I, I think it's kind of cool. But I agree, there's going to be a great matchup against the the Chiefs offense, the 49ers defense. Steve Spagnuolo, the, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, I mean, just completely shut down the Ravens, right? And, and so the way he goes up against Kyle Shanahan is going to be fascinating. He is... Uh, he does not coach a stagnant defense. He cooks up stuff on the back end, shows you different looks all the time. So Burke, Brock Purdy's going to have his work cut out for him reading reading what's out there. The Chiefs do have a really, really bad run defense this year. I think it was Mina Kimes of ESPN who, who shared or, or tweeted out that the 49ers have the best zone rushing scheme in the NFL. The Chiefs let were the 31st worst team against the, the zone rush in the regular in this season so only one other team was worse than them at defending the 49ers best offensive rushing scheme so I I do think that the 49ers will have an advantage there and so they will need to trust the ground game and and make sure not to fall behind but Daniel I don't know if they see them falling behind the Chiefs only scored 17 points in the AFC Championship game over the Ravens. The Chiefs are not the offensive juggernaut they now were. Travis Kelsey's their only reliable offensive weapon. Rushy Rice has, has become good down the stretch, but he's still a rookie. Mahomes obviously really struggled to trust his receivers for, for most of the season. So I don't expect this Chiefs team to be doing what they did last time. Now, maybe if the 49ers get a lead, Mahomes will will start forcing himself to be Mahomes. But who do you trust besides Kelsey? And the 49ers are the best linebacker in the NFL to have out there defending him. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I expect the Chiefs to just run away with this one like they, they may maybe the Chiefs of yesteryear potentially could have. Obviously, it's not what happened four years ago, but the Chiefs used to beat teams by running up the score and, and just passing all over them. They are now winning with defense, and I don't know. I kind of trust this 49ers to score on any defense. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree, especially with that last statement that I would trust this 49ers team to score on any defense um and and bringing up the Chiefs Ravens game it is an interesting look of where what was it 17 10 I believe it was 17 10 yeah what a what a weird game to decide who goes to the Super Bowl and so that shows I mean both both teams have solid defenses but so much so that the offenses couldn't get going um and so I, I think that I can't really think of a time where the Niners' offense has been shut down completely. You look at the Lions game. Lions came out roaring, and literally. And uh, the Niners' offense was really nowhere to be seen. And then they came back. Thankfully, I mean, thanks to their defense as well. 
but the Niners offense started rolling and they started getting things going. And so it was a slow start. And so I think that could potentially happen here in the Chiefs game that the Chiefs come out first, whether than if that whoever gets the ball, whether it's the Niners, if they're able to score first or not. But if the Chiefs are able to hold them to a stop and get the first score, you know, tempo could change. Whoever scores first adds a lot of tempo, adds a lot of um, a lot of fanfare, a lot of things going to that first score. So. I think it could be a slow start for the for the Niners, but they've showed resiliency and ability to come down from behind and get a stop when they need it and then get a score when they need it. So it just thinking about the Chiefs-Ravens game of how 17-10 is just so weird, and I know the Ravens have a solid defense, especially with those linebackers holding the Chiefs' offense to 17 points. And then I, I'm just wondering, is the Chiefs' defense really that good enough, good to hold the Ravens' offense to 10 points? Well, they did. So I don't, I don't really have – this is kind of – I don't really have much of a, a reason for this. I don't see it being as defensive of a game as the Chiefs-Ravens. Like, I expect it to be double I, I agree. 10 I expect it to be 34-20, even though these defenses are good. I think it's going to come down to can the 49ers pass rush start playing like they were supposed to, right? They've had moments, but they have not been what we thought they would be this year, right? What they have been previously. But if you look at four years ago, Mahomes was on the run the whole game, and Nick Bosa talked about this. They had him until the fourth quarter. The pass rush got gassed. So the 49ers need to keep the pass rush going back to what it was years ago, and they have more talented players than they have in previous years. They just haven't put it together. We need Chase Young to step up. We need the 49ers D-line to be better. We need to get a lead, and we need to make Mahomes have to be Mahomes. Because while Mahomes will always be Mahomes, and he can do incredible things, he does not have the receivers to back him up this time. And when you look at the Super Bowl he lost against the Bucks, that's why. The, four, the Chiefs' offensive line was just completely outplayed by the 49ers' defensive line. So I don't know if I think that's the only way the 49ers win, but I do think the clearest path to victory is for the 49ers' defensive line to just be all over Mahomes all game. And they have the talent to be. If they can play up to what they should be, they will do that. So I honestly think that might be the biggest question of the game, and the single most impactful unit is the 49ers' defensive line. Yeah, I, I certainly don't disagree with that. Um, and, yeah, it's hard, man. The Chiefs got a great offensive line. Uh, left tackle, Donovan Smith. Right tackle, Jawan Taylor. Joe Thune out on left guard. Creed Humphrey at center. And then I don't know who Trey Smith is but on right guard, but I know all the other guys, and they're studs. So I think that's – I really like that you noted that Nick Bosa said at their uh, last Super Bowl, Super Bowl matchup that – they had Mahomes running all three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, he was able to settle in and get more work done. And so I'm sure Nick Bosa remembers that. I'm sure that's a big part of the narrative for the, the Niners defense that we got to make Mahomes uncomfy. we got to make him feel rushed. We cannot let him feel like he has enough time to truly do what he wants. we got to make him move. we got to make him run. And I think that they have a, a better front four to do that with i'm curious how much they're gonna blitz you know steve wilkes came in and uh as the defensive coordinator and he blitzed and blitzed because he likes that but then he realizes or the team kind of told him as well we don't need to blitz as much these front four guys 
they're a blitz in of them, themselves. But, you know, I'm, I'm very skeptical. I actually, I probably don't want to see a lot of the blitz. I'd like to see these front four guys break through a solid offensive line, but maybe send a Fred Warner or an Oren Burks every, every so often to help out. Um, but I think with Patrick Mahomes behind center, throwing that ball to Travis Kelsey or whoever, you can't afford to blitz too much because if they don't, if they don't get there in time and really break it up, uh, they will, this chief's offense will make that Niners defense pay for, for blitzing too much or in that moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think Daniel, the thing with Patrick Mahomes is we have seen him do so much that no matter what happens on that field, no matter what the score is, until the clock says zero, like I will be worried. The 49ers could be up 30 points in the fourth quarter, and I'd still be like, well, it is Mahomes. You know? Like, yeah, I, mean, I will not believe that the game is over until the game is over. And, and so that's always something. That's something the Chiefs have, right? It is just that, that sheer confidence of we have Mahomes. But... I think Brock Purdy's going to play really, really well. I think Brock Purdy is really, really good, and I, I think he could absolutely influence this game. So we haven't talked about that much. I mean, I think, I think Purdy will play well, and I think that will be a big, a big contribution to, to this team. You know, one might say that Brock Purdy could potentially do more than just manage this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Purdy will make the big throws when he has to. Hopefully, Brandon Ayuk's big catch doesn't uh, ha can hit him in the hands instead of the other guy's face. But that was one For of the real. most iconic plays I've ever seen. Did you see that the Detroit or uh, I don't remember what team was playing the Detroit Pistons, but they put that clip on the the mega the big screen, whatever we call that. Uh, I was gonna call it Megatron, and I was like. Uh, that's Calvin Johnson, um, and they put that they put the clip of that repeating over and over as they were announcing their starting lineup. Such that's a probably good, one of the most savage things I've ever seen. Clip. I think we should play. I agree. Let's play the 49ers. Let's play the Ayuk catch on repeat. Right. Yeah, just too good. But yeah, you know what? One of the things I'm most excited for. It's kind of what you just said. Is I'm excited to see how Brock Purdy factors into this game. What difference does he make? Um, what role does he play? And that's what's so exciting because we already know we're not going to be surprised if Christian McCaffrey gets two or three touchdowns or if Debo Samuel has a big day. Like those are those are givens. I I can't wait to see uh, George Kittle pancake someone. I don't know if we talked about how he pancaked Aiden Hutchison. A big strong boy defensive end for the Lions that clip was them. so good oh yeah I'd love to see that again I know George Kittle's either gonna do something big in the receiving game if not he's gonna know that his blocking is part of what will win them the game if that's what it's gonna be for him but all of those things aren't aren't shocking to us and I don't think Brock Purdy coming out here and, and playing really well should be that shocking to us but that's the that's the specific personnel i'm most excited to see is this is his first super bowl obviously this is a big opportunity for him he's got incredible players around him he spent time this week last two weeks with joe montana steve young talking with those guys about their experiences and what advice they have to give and they both said to him you have an incredible team around you 
use that. It's not all on your shoulders. And the media, the the world around you might think, oh, it's, uh, you know, he, he thinks, Brock said he thinks the game manager title is funny, and so do I. But, you know, he, they're not saying go out there and just manage the game. They're saying go out there and don't t- don't put the weight of the world on your shoulders. You have an incredible team who is here to help you and here to work together. So just make sure that you're making the right calls and the right decisions when that time comes. And so I'm just so excited to see how Brock Purdy handles this game. And even if, you know, I'm not saying, oh, if it goes poorly, I'm out on him. Man, I am so excited for next year, no matter how this game goes, a full another full season of, of Brock Purdy and a great team around him. I love that. So excited to see how Brock factors into this game all in all. Should be really, really fun. I'm I'm so excited for this, Daniel. I think this 49ers team is is better than the one that was in the Super Bowl four years ago. I think they they think they could have won it last year had had Purdy stayed healthy, and they they just might be right. And I think the other thing, Daniel, that is that is huge. This team is healthy. Having your team like I think every starter other than than Talanoa Hufunga, who's obviously a huge loss, but the 49ers have held up well without him. Jair Brown's been really impressive, yeah. but this is a really, really healthy team, which is, is rare at this point. Like almost all of the star players are are good to go. And that is that is absolutely, absolutely huge to this team. So I'm I'm very excited to see what they're gonna be able to do out there on Sunday. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I kind of want to say that this Chiefs defense or this Chiefs team isn't what it was in 2019, and I, th- I think there's some more. Key, I think there's some key defensive players that are no longer there. Granted, they have Legarius Sneed, and they didn't then. And now we have Trevarius Ward, and he was saying this this side is more fun. Um, but no, no, no Tyreek Hill is huge, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes. I, I know Patrick Mahomes does not have a receiver that he feels as comfortable throwing to at, you know, screw it. Tyreek's open. Uh, doesn't have that anymore. Doesn't have that. Um, Travis Kelsey's there, but I, I don't think their connection has been there in the same way on the field. I think that a lot of the defenses that play the Chiefs are targeting Travis Kelsey more than anyone else, and it's kind of taken, taken some wind out of their sails. But I, I think that Mahomes is, is – going to have a way bigger challenge in so many ways than he did the year before less offensive weapons less skilled offensive weapons rather and a much better Niners defense uh playing against him I would say so yeah I think this is going to be a different game than four years ago these are different teams and I I think it comes down to and this is not really impressive this is what everyone's saying but it comes down to the 49ers are the better team Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, maybe ever. Who do you pick? I don't know. I think you probably pick the team. But Mahomes has done otherworldly things before. And so it's really, really scary to be playing him. Absolutely. And throw in one of the best tight ends ever, too. Yeah, George Kittle. Oh, you meant Travis Kelsey. I do. But uh, I also agree that George Kittle is one of the best. So, well, uh, but I, I'm with you. I take the team. Yeah. Niners fans, I think what you should take away from here is this is going to be a really, really good game. These teams are are matched up. They match up in really intriguing, interesting ways. And uh, I don't I don't have much else to say other than enjoy the big game and and go Niners. Yeah.